Imaginative Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 163 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. My name is Kevin as well. And again, if you're new to the show, it wouldn't be our show if we didn't have some stupid technical error. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sounded like uh went to edit the, the show, the episode we're about to record. Went to edit it, and it sounded like we recorded, you know, recorded through... Uh, couple of fucking uh, soup cans connected to strings so something like, like that's that. no bueno we no good so we are gonna fucking do this again and not put out a subpar any less of a subpar product than we usually do it's called take two yeah yeah <laughs> i mean we're, we're used to putting out a subpar show but we're this is just uh not gonna be this is above that subpar <sighs> well it's it's usually subpar because we're on it, not because of uh, no, no, no. Know, I'm talking equipment about... issues. Yeah, the equipment yeah. sucks. So uh, we are gonna hop back on our road trip. We are headed down to Cajun country. We are going to Louisiana this week. Down on the bayou. No, wait. Is that how that song goes? No. Nope. Damn. No. 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 You're thinking "Born on the Bayou," and it's a little bit slower than that. Oh, yeah. Whoops. Nice try, though. I know. I Which tried. is weird, because that motherfucker's from California. So, Well, hey, yeah. you know what? This doesn't make a difference where anyway. you're from. You can sing about whatever. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's all about what you want to do. Yeah. Anyway. So, Louisiana is 52,378 square miles of bayou, wetlands, and crazy stories. Home to more than 4.5 million people, uh, and with nearly a million in... Uh, no, uh, NOLA, so New Orleans alone. Uh, Louisiana is uh, is full of rich culture. It's a pretty strong melting pot of uh, French, Spanish, Caribbean. And uh, they have their own language, which is Creole. But unfortunately, like we're, you know, not everybody in Louisiana sounds like Gambit. Oh, come on now. Pro- they probably sound more like Emeril Lagasse's mom, who's like full on Creole. And, come on now, Cher. Yeah. You know, Fucking white trash French. <laughs> well, that's our neighbors to the just north of where we're sitting, but whatever. No, Fucking those are just assholes. Quebec. Those are Sons just, of bitches. They're just assholes. Yeah. We're just going to do an episode one of these days about how much we dislike. Not Canada, just that one part of it. Yeah. Everybody else in Canada is cool. Montreal, Quebec, that whole area. Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Take two steps back and fuck your own face. Anyway. (laughs) So, like we do with our road trip episodes, we've got some fun facts. Louisiana is the only state in the country with parishes instead of counties. Same difference. Just call it something different, you know. The uh, quote-unquote highest point, which is Driscoll Mountain, is uh, 535 feet above sea level, which is about the equivalent of a 38-story building. Um, it's not that high. Pretty confident we are well above that where we are now. They'd probably all get nosebleeds coming up here. Oh, God, they'd die. How do you breathe? The air is so thin. Oh, my goodness. Because we don't have fucking gills. <laughs> because we didn't build a, sea below sea, a city below sea level. 
the Lake Pontchartrain Causeway is the longest bridge in the world at 24 miles. The patent for Tabasco sauce was filed in 1870 in Louisiana. I'm not real sure where, just said in Louisiana, uh, which has been making boring-ass food a little bit more tolerable ever since. Um, mm. Anybody in the military, pretty sure you guys crack open your MREs. You get one of those little, like, itty-bitty bottles of Tabasco sauce that's got, like, six drops in it. It probably makes whatever you're eating just a little bit less miserable. I'm sure <laughs> that is the case. The New Orleans St. Charles Streetcar is one of the only two mobile national monuments in the country. Um, pretty sure the other one would be the uh, the Riceroni things in San Francisco. They're uh, San Francisco trolleys. Riceroni, yeah. <laughs> San Francisco treat. Yeah, I dated I fucking, myself, dude. Uh, motherfucker, I'll eat Riceroni all day long. I don't. I love that stuff. I hate cooking it, but I love eating it. It's great stuff. I dated myself with it, that commercial. I know. We're both old. We get it. Yeah. Uh, Natchitoches is the oldest town founded in 1714. I just wanted to say that because it's a fun word to say. I'm sure. You like to say things that are fun to say. I do. (laughs) So, again, every time we go on a road trip, we also find some pretty stupid laws for each state. Yep. This one blew my mind. Miners cannot play coin-operated foosball unless accompanied by an adult. Because foosball is for the devil. Foosball's a devil. No, mama. <laughs> mama. No, it's not for the devil. She showed me her boobies, and I like them, too. <laughs> uh, I like Vicky Falcourt, and Vicky Falcourt likes me. Uh, if you're a hog farmer and plan on feeding them trash, you have to cook it first. Well, that's only the civilized thing to do. I, I don't understand why. I mean, they're Be- pigs. They'll eat anything they don't give too much of a fuck if it's alive or not so Listen, i don't know why you have to cook it pigs down in bayou sorrel and natchitosis and whatever they are uppity motherfuckers and want their shit cooked well yeah fair enough uh, if they you like to alligator stay too fake uh, we're gonna get into alligators here quick uh <laughs> you can spend up to 10 years in jail for stealing someone's alligator, now that you brought up dinosaurs. So I don't know if that means... How I don't dare know if, you? I can understand, like, a gator farm, because I've seen those on TV, and I kind of get the point of it. I don't know why you'd want to keep one as a pet, because it's they're a the, fucking dinosaur. They're the best watchdogs. No, they're not. They're reptiles. Who's, who's going to fucking fuck with you? Who's going to come into your yard if you have a pet? Alligator. I don't give a fuck. No. They're, they're reptiles. They have no sense of loyalty. They're not a mammal. They don't give a shit about us. Well, we are well, a food source. Listen. Maybe... You're not going to have the same loyalty with an alligator that you do with a dog. You have a little bit more loyalty out of a cat than you do an alligator, but nothing like a dog. You don't, You just don't understand. I do. They're fucking dinosaurs, and they're a menace. You do not know. What do you know about alligators, hmm? They're good eating. I've never had them, but I've heard. <laughs> they, they taste like chicken. Fucking white people. (laughs) Well, they do, though. If you piss in a city's water supply, you can spend up to 20 years in jail. Oh, I fucking hope so. So That's like dysentery. Doesn't say anything about throwing a stolen alligator in the water supply, but you can't pee in it. Well, but what if you shit in it? So, well, you're you're good. If you shit in it. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you're still going to do 20 for going going potty in the the water tower. It says pee. Yeah, but shitting in it's probably worse. 
Oh, so like, so it's what twenty for it or whatever. Because you can drink your own piss in a pinch if you have to. That's true. You get to strain it. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't drink your own shit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I I have had some shits you could drink if you, <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't recommend it. I no. um, you can face up to six months in jail or a five hundred dollar fine for sending someone a pizza without their knowledge. Why, hello, pet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no door in the studio currently, and the cats just kind of come and go as they please. <laughs> I just also I just felt this, this, I felt like this furball. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this asshole came in, did a round where he rubbed against Kevin, rubbed against me, walked out the door, looked back at me, and then walked back out. So no, he's back in. Oh, he's back in. Okay. All right, dude, what are you doing? Hanging out? Okay. All right. <laughs> Fucking. Weird, weird episode. Just something you don't expect. <laughs> a fucking cat. Welcome to the Dark Windows podcast, where weird shit's gonna happen. Oh my god, it's Luna. What's up, kitty cat? What are you doing up here? You're supposed to be in the basement killing shit. That is Luna. Yeah, come here. I thought that was her. Come here, you butt. Hi. Hi. All right. So some famous folks. Okay, fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> so some famous folks from Louisiana um, A lot of musicians, surprisingly No, I should say not surprisingly It's kind of, no. you know, the jazz capital of the world um, Where it kind of came from Wasn't the, the guy that made the deal That supposedly made the deal with the devil From Mississippi Oh, yeah Okay, okay Yep That was from No Louisiana. Okay. No. For some reason, I just thought Mississippi, it was. but we'll get to him. Oh, okay. Um, so, Pantera frontman and possible neo-Nazi Phil Anselmo was born in uh, New Orleans in 1968. When I say possible neo-Nazi, I mean like bunch of pictures of him floating around at like white supremacist rallies with his band and doing the fucking 45 degree angle thing. And yeah, uh, Pantera is still fucking awesome though. But whatever. Little side trip on that little fucking thing, you know that actually was done um, by uh, people like they used to do that before. Yeah, it was. It's just a pretty standard salute, and then you know, just like everything else, the Nazis touched it. But that's all he used it for was a salute. But they everybody associated that with him. Well, which because, is why you can't have a thin, like a small mustache anymore either. Yeah, but the the people bastardize it and just you know try to make everything sound so terrible. It was just a salute, you know, or the swastika. Well, the swastika. Yeah, you kick it forty five degrees and it's fucking awful. Yeah, <laughs> if you I mean, leave it straight how it is, it's a different thing completely. Exactly. But oh yeah, or just you know look at any of the Norse symbolism that you know people still or use the fucking symbol. You know, put your put your finger your oh the okay your... thing where you're, the white power thing, which is it's yeah. an okay thing. It's I've been saying okay for yeah. ever. You know, I'm going okay. Well, now now because you know it's oh, it says it's a W and a P. It's the white power. Fuck you. Well, you it's better, not. You better okay. fucking, You better do that. You know, once like straight up and then fucking turn it upside down. Why? Well, because that's a that's a fucking B. That's a dub. That's a P, dummy. Why? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. it was like, you know, like... See, this is why you didn't get it, because you're not an uncultured piece of shit that gets offended by everything that has to find something to be offended by, including this. It took you that long to figure out, oh, it's a W and a P. Instead hmm. of just like, oh, it's the okay thing. Fucking okay. 
Yeah, you stuck that yeah. in your fucking, you know, your fucking hand, and somebody looked down at you. You get fucking punched. Oh no, that's you flip it. And you have to be below the waist to get yeah. punched. Yes. Yeah. But you can't do that anymore. Why not? That's still white power. Oh, because now it's now it's abuse, and you can't. I fucking hate this place so much. <laughs> I miss the mid two thousands. I really do. I I miss when that. all of these assholes were still in diapers. <laughs> Like, the 90s were excellent. Yeah, but it's not even just them. It's no, like, it's the people it's... that gave birth to them, too. Like, my generation fucking sucks. And my generation. Yeah. And generation before that are... Anyway. Anyway. I should have been we're... born in the fucking 1800s and Where's just that? died of dysentery in my 30s. That would have been great. Out on the Oregon Trail. Nah. We couldn't... I w- nah, I would have I wanted to, like, get shot to death by some fucking Listen, bandito or something. That would have been way better. We couldn't ford the river... Our, my oxen our, died. Our, our oxen died. <laughs> Sold the dogs and the kids. Anyway, so nobody Luke... will ever know the fucking trials and tribulations of that fucking game unless you were born between a specific time period. You will never know. So another absolute legend from uh, Louisiana, Louis Armstrong, who was probably the best jazz musician of all time, born in New Orleans in 1901. Now you could probably split hairs and argue about it, but he's fucking Louis Armstrong. I mean, I'm. I mean, like, oh, Miles Davis. Yeah, but he's not Louis Armstrong. He's no. Louis fucking Armstrong. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna say you know anything bad about Miles Davis or Louis Armstrong. No, 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 no. But like, I mean, Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, oh, but when you that think that was the time. No, but when you think jazz musician, not singer, you think jazz musician. Yeah. You think Louis Armstrong with those giant fucking cheeks? He looked like a chipmunk. Yeah, he was. But that's from playing trumpet for that long. It stretches all that shit out, and like, it was good. You would get fucking alcohol poisoning trying to play fl- uh, Fluffy Bunny with him. <laughs> you would <I> mean... die. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, who was a old timey like rockabilly musician, who also married his thirteen year old cousin, was born in Faraday, Louisiana, in 1935. Okay, first off, a not rockabilly. Yeah, he whatever. was rock and roll. Great Balls of Fire was rock and roll for the time, <laughs> but he didn't marry his thirteen-year-old. He didn't marry his cousin. Oh, he sure fucking did. I think it was his his first, first? cousin. Yeah, yeah. So like they looked alike. <laughs> Weird. Pretty gross. Yeah. Um, and the only Manning with any talent, Peyton, was born in New Orleans. Uh, <sighs> Get fucked. His shithead dad played for the Saints. Whatever. Um, his crybaby, bitch-faced little brother played for the Giants. Um, Whatever. Shut up. Peyton's a fucking legend. He does have a five head, but he's a legend. No right. doubt. All right. So why don't, you, uh, why don't you lead us off? What do you got this week? All right. So I am covering the Myrtle's Plantation this week for the Louisiana. The Louisiana. Louisiana. The Louisiana. Yes. The Louisiana uh, field trip. Uh, the original owner and architect of the Myrtle's Plantation was General David Bradford. Bradford was a successful lawyer, businessman, and deputy attorney general in Washington County, Pennsylvania. You know that motherfucker looked like Ulysses S. Grant, but like anorexic, too. No, uh, no not really. No? Yes. Colonel Sanders? Or he had like a Mark Twain thing going on. No, he was definitely uh, Grantish. 
So was he also a raging alcoholic, or is he just kind of a... I mean, he owned slaves, so he was definitely a piece of shit. Well, it wasn't until after he left Pennsylvania that he owned slaves. Well, yeah, because you can't own them there. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to move to my own state where I can own a human being. They're a bunch of Quakers. I hate this place. <laughs> they're Quakers in, in, in that they're uh, Pennsylvania. So, uh, Still are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no offense. Like Pennsylvania is a crazy state. You guys got a lot of really cool shit there. Uh, but a lot of weird shit too. So, so Bradford lived in a small stone uh, house, but when he when he first lived in Louisiana. But then, when he got married and had children, he decided, well, I should probably be, you know, a good dad and husband. I should build a bigger house. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm gonna make the people that I own build a bigger house. No. This is in Pennsylvania still. Oh. So he built in a very large and exquisite home. Um, and not long after actually finishing uh, having it built, the home, he would actually have to flee for his, for his life from the government. Okay. I uh, understand that feeling. The house he fled from is now a National Landmark Museum. Bradford was... Involved in leading the Whiskey Rebellion. I don't know what that is, but I want to be part of it. The Whiskey Rebellion? Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of famous. Well, that's cool. But, I mean, you had me at Whiskey and Rebellion, so <laughs> I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, kind of like, a, uh, it's been so long. I'm going to say I believe it was kind of like a mini prohibition, but I'm not 100%. I could be wrong. It's just been a long time since I've had to actually think about the Whiskey Rebellion. So, Fair uh, enough. I uh, think about whiskey frequently, but... Yes. I, I, mean, I think about both of those things frequently, just like not together. a thing. It's no. like, I mean, I would get drunk and fight the government. That'd be fun. It was either it was either a, a, a prohibition or there was a taxation or something. I don't know. Either way, it's bullshit. Anyway... So we hucked a bunch of fucking tea in the ocean over that. Yeah, you know. Well, we're, we're not going to throw whiskey in there because that's well, fucking those are just a bunch ridiculous. of mamby pamby, you know, assholes that decided, hey, we don't want to show our real face, so we'll dress up like Native Americans and blame them for it. You know, which Native Americans didn't have anything to do with it because there was no goddamn Native Americans in well, I mean, the, Boston. The, the the U.S. government attacked itself and then blamed it on a bunch of people in caves. So true. <laughs> It's not new. <laughs> so This is not new behavior. Uh, George Washington actually placed a, a price on his head for his role in the Whiskey Rebellion. And in 1796, Bradford left his family safely in Pittsburgh. He then traveled the Ohio River to the Mississippi River. And uh, he then floated all the way down As and arrived do. into the bayou. And to be specific, into Bayou Sarah. An itch. Uh, which is what is now... Uh, so Bayou Sarah is what is near now uh, St. Francisville. I think you made that up. Yeah, I probably did. <laughs> uh, he, you mean St. Francisville? No, St. Franciscus. Well, it's <laughs> yeah, it probably is... Yeah, I misread it. It is St. Francisville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a lucky guess, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I can't read my own handwriting. I can't, I can't read my own typing. Well, I, And I don't know shit about Louisiana. I was just guessing. 
It's like, one of those things doesn't sound right. Well, yes. That's because, you know, I'm a St. dumbass. St. Frank's Red Hotsville. Uh, yeah. I'm I a, live there. Fucking A. Frank Red Hots or St. Francisville. Anyway, you know, when you can't read your own fucking handwriting. That's well, a, you didn't handwrite it. You typed it for Christ's sake. That's the second time I've said that. Damn. Fuck. I can't read my hand typing. Yes, I can't read my hand. Dickhead. <laughs> my own damn things. Anyway, so Bayou Sarah is what near is what is now uh, St. Francisville. He purchased 600 acres of land. And upon that land, he built an eight-bedroom... Well, he didn't build it. He had built... Yeah, right. ...a eight-bedroom home on the and named it Laurel Ridge. Uh, in 1799, the new president, who is the second president of the United States, Mr. John Adams, actually pardoned Bradford. So he would then bring his family to the new home in Louisiana. And the reason for Adam's pardoning Bradford... Come children. <laughs> Come children, I'd like you to meet the farm equipment. <laughs> yes. What a dickhead thing to do. <laughs> so, the reason why Adam's pardoned Bradford was that he was appreciative of Bradford establishing um, Ellic- the Ellicott Line that actually created a boundary between Spain and the United States. Um, Bradford would sometimes... What a time to be alive when this, when Spain actually mattered. Yeah. <laughs> they were a fucking world power. Yes. That's crazy. So with living now in this new house, Bradford, um, going on with his life, he would sometimes take in law students. And one of those law students was Clark Woodford. And Clark became an attorney, would later become an attorney, and marry As law students his, do. Yes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they don't. You know. Well, I mean, it seems like a waste of time to go to law school and then become a fucking vet tech or something. <laughs> hey, that's how it goes. <laughs> I went to eight years of fucking law school and you're trying to tell me I can't cut this cat's balls off now? <laughs> it's bullshit. I know. So he... Oh, would go on to, you know, become a law attorney, and he would go on to also marry Bradford's daughter, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, so a little on Clark Woodford. He was born in Connecticut in 1791. He left home when he was 19 years old. In 1810, he arrived in Bayou Sarah. Uh, citizens in the parish revolted and overthrew the Spanish government. They set up a new territory. They called it uh, St. Francisville. In 1814, Clark fought in the Battle of New Orleans with Andrew Jackson. He probably got into a, you know, couple fisticuffs with him or, well, watched him. <laughs> He's out there watching Andrew Jackson beat asses with a stick. What did you call me, sir? You want a duel? Did Let's you duel. Did you just shoot me, you son of a bitch? And he just beats the fuck out of him. I, why can I not remember the guy who sang that song either? Uh, <sighs> in 1814, we took a little trip. Colonel Jackson. A little big, a little I can't remember his fucking name. I know every word of that goddamn song. I can't remember the name of it. I can't remember who sang it. The fuck. So when uh. the War of 1812 ended, which was actually not until 1813. Yeah, because we kept fighting. <laughs> because word actually like took forever to get to the South that actually the war was over. So they were like, yeah. 
shit. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> we'll stop. So, Clark would return back to St. Francisville, and now he wanted to study law. It was Johnny Horton, by the way. Oh, okay. So, on November 18th of 1817, Clark and Sarah got married. Uh, they honeymooned at Sandrew... Uh, yeah, Sandrew. <laughs> at Sandrew Jackson's. <laughs> Sandrew Jackson. You know, Andrew Jackson's name that he used on stage. Yes, that's his stage Who knew he was a drag queen? <laughs> Oh my God, he'd be the ugliest fucking woman of all time. Ah. I don't know. I think George Washington would be a pretty unattractive woman, also. Mm. Ugh. Big ugly bitch <laughs> with his wooden teeth. Yeah. yeah well, no, that was that was. Well, yeah, George. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm thinking of anybody else. There were some pretty ugly fucking presidents. There's too. there's a lot of fucking ugly presidents. Yeah. We haven't had, okay. We haven't had a, like a decent looking president since. Uh, the last one that, you know, the one that got his fucking brain splattered all over the side of his Cadillac. That's true. That's true. So they honeymoon at Andrew Jackson's home, uh, which is called the Hermitage. After Bradford's death in 1808, the Grove passed to, would actually then pass to them. But really it didn't pass to them because uh, Clark and Sarah would move in to Laurel Ridge to help Elizabeth, who was um, Sarah's mother and Bradford's wife. So kind of, they kind of had a control, but not really. Right. Because it wouldn't be until uh, Elizabeth would actually pass that mm-hmm. they would, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully it's not a full moon. You have some... I can't turn into Randy Savage unless it's a full moon. You have a problem there? I, 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 got, I got bit by him at a show, and that's what happens. Every time I there's a full moon, I turn into... <laughs> Fat Randy Savage. He had a little problem there. I heard a... The, the monster tried to come out, but the moonlight wouldn't wouldn't afford it. What would you say? What were you trying to say? Elizabeth. I was not saying anything. I don't know what you're talking about. God damn, Elizabeth. I'm a wear savage. <laughs> There's no hair. Just like fucking purple pants sprout out of nowhere with tassels down the sides of them. Cowboy hat grows out. And you, and the you, sunglasses. Your hand instantly goes to your side. <sighs> your hair instantly goes to your side. One hand goes to the, to the belt. The other hand goes up. And I just turn into human cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so they moved in with Elizabeth. And Clark expanded, actually ended up expanding the holdings of the plantation and planted about 600 and... 50 acres of indigo and cotton. Again, Clark didn't plant shit. No. <laughs> His help did. Yeah. Yeah. His <sighs> human beings that he legally owned did. Yes. Which is fucking gross, but, you know. Uh, um, Clark and Sarah would have three children. Uh, on July 23rd, 1820... Uh, I'm sorry. On July 23rd, 1823, Sarah would actually die from yellow fever. Uh, Clark would continue to manage the home and help uh, Elizabeth care for the for in who was actually caring for their children. It wasn't really her. It was actually really the the help. Right. But uh, and then July fifteenth of eighteen twenty four, uh, Clark's Clark and Sarah's son James would actually die from yellow fever as well. That sucks. And then in September. 
it would also take um, their daughter, Cornelia. That's a gross name. Uh, not bad. It is. Okay, whatever. That, that, that bitch has got a red beard. She's chasing Yetis <laughs> trying to, like, get gold out of the fucking North Pole. All right. Uh, it's Cornelius, actually. Same thing. This is still Cornelia. a yucky name. Still a yucky name. So are you trying to say Cornelia is the female version of Cornelius? Are you trying to say it's not? Because it is. I don't think it is. What the f... Are you... No. Delusional? Yes. <laughs> it's, it is the female version of it. All right, fine. It's like saying, you know, Jane is not the female version of John. Tis. <laughs> or is it... James... Same difference. No. John and James are two different names. Doesn't matter. It's still the female version either or. I don't know about that. We'll, we'll leave that to higher powers. It's like Tom, uh, Tamsin is the female version of Thomas. Okay. First off, A, you made that I fucking I did name not. Up. That's a British name. Bullshit. You name No. You, you fucking no. 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 Tamsin. No. That's a fucking made up name. Fake. Farce. Fake news. Bullshit. Real name. Real person. Don't Fuck care. <laughs> her mom was a hippie. Her, her mom was British. I mean, well, what's the difference? I don't know. The British, I don't think, would abide hippies much. Come on. They were hippies. They're pretty, they're pretty straightforward, folks. At least they used to be. They were hippies before they were hippies. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. So, dude, they've got a royal family. They don't like so? allow like hippies and shit. First off, A, the royal family has didn't have any power. Still doesn't Still, have any power. They can all go fuck themselves, but whatever. So anyway, uh, Cornelia, their daughter, died from yellow fever. Clark um, bought the home then from Elizabeth. And Elizabeth would live there until she died in 1830. Okay. Uh, after Elizabeth died, Clark and his daughter, Octavia... Again, now, see, terrible that's name. Oh, a fucking terrible name. They're, just because one's not awful doesn't mean the other one isn't either. They're both bad. No, I'm telling you, Octavia is worse than that's Cornelia. So, Octavia and Clark would move, and Clark would put a caretaker in charge of managing the plantation. Basically, whip them if they don't fucking mind. Yeah. 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 So. Um, in 1834, Clark uh, sold Laurel, uh, Laurel Ridge to, are you ready? I know you've already heard this name before. Let's We're hear gonna it. say it again. Uh, dude, it's been days. I don't remember shit. To Ruffin. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I do say that, boy. <clears throat> I do say, uh. His name is... Oh, uh, excuse me, sir, please, in Foghorn Leghorn, if you would. Oh, I, 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 I am so sorry. I, I say, mean, I say, I say that, boy. <laughs> I, I say, his name was Ruffin Gree Stolen. Which is the whitest name ever. Yes. Or, ever. Or is it really super British? My name is Ruffin It's the same thing. Gray I said the Stolen. whitest name ever. But no, yes. he, he definitely sounded like a cartoon chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so even though Sterling's, the Sterlings own several plantations, Ruffin and his wife, Mary... Of course. ...actually lived on or at 
Laurel Ridge. Uh, they expanded and remodeled the home, and when completed in 1850, the house was doubled its original size. They changed the name to Myrtle's, as it is now, but this was short-lived because four years after the house was completed, in 1854, Ruffin would die from TB. Good. Um, Awful name, and you still own slaves. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, Mary successfully managed all of the plantations, but more personal tragedy ensued for Mary. Only four of her nine children lived long enough to marry. The oldest child, Louis, also died in, would die in 1854 as well. Um, Mary and Ruffin's daughter, Sarah, uh, had married William Drew Winter in 1852. Woof. Okay, take it back. That's the whitest name I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. Uh, after the war, Mary employed Winter to help with the plantation land and to be her agent and attorney. She gave them the home in 1865. In 1874, William was shot on the porch of, of the Myrtles. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Sarah remained at the Myrtles with her mother and brothers until she died in 1878. So he was just, like, shot by some rando, or? Yeah, just shot. <laughs> they don't really know who he was shot was by. Was it the state's first drive-by? Yes. They, actually, they don't really don't know who he was shot by. Or was it by. a ride-by? On a horse. It would have been a ride-by. Yeah. Well, technically, no, no. Actually, the first drive-by was on horseback. It's not driving, it's riding. You don't drive a horse. You, well, technically, I think you are driving because you're you're kind of steering. You're, so. dri- you're riding a fucking horse. You don't drive a motorcycle. You ride a motorcycle. The difference is you drive something if you're, like, inside it. You ride something if it's between your legs. <laughs> well, no, not if you're in a buggy. Ha. Huh? Fuck you. You still drive a buggy, dickhead. You drive a buggy, dumbass. That's why I A wagon? Said. That doesn't fucking you count. You have to That's drive it. You're not riding it. That doesn't count. It's fucking horse-powered. <laughs> You're horse-powered. It doesn't count. It does count. If, okay, we'll leave it up to the, the people. It doesn't count. It's not they a fucking car. It's not a drive-by. They don't know. You're still on horseback. I don't care. <laughs> I win. No, you don't. You, you don't win just because you yelled louder than me. <laughs> God damn. Now you see how this how elections work. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can yell louder than you. I'm right. You got it, mister. Um, so, now there are some myths with regards to uh, the plantation. And one of the myths re- revolves around a slave by the name of Cleo. Or, well, <laughs> a supposed slave. Was she Jamaican? I don't know. Potentially on TV with a phone number underneath her? <sighs> <laughs> you haven't heard the ting, man. I don't know what you're talking Call about. Call me a day of your future. <laughs> oh, man. What you're... a fucking con artist. She was from New York. You know that, right? Yes. Like, yeah, not even like... Miss Cleo. <laughs> she tell you all the things, man. She might have been from, like, Jamaica Plain, but she wasn't Jamaican. <laughs> I'm from Jamaica. <laughs> not saying Jamaica Plains. <laughs> anyway, she was supposed we have, to... We have a Jamaican... Oh, actually, Jamaica Plains in Boston. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we're assholes yeah anyway. whatever so anyway no difference. I don't give a shit uh, she's still so uh, the myth about her is told to this day by tour guides at, 
at the plantation. The story is that Clark was actually having relations with Cleo. And Cleo was afraid she would actually be sent to the fields either because she because she probably would lose favor with Clark or because the children would get older and then they no longer need her to care for ah, them. So I'm going to fuck my way out of this. <laughs> so Cleo supposedly eavesdropped on Clark and Sarah. And when she was caught, her punishment was supposedly that she had her ear removed. Yee! Um, so from that point on, she would actually wear a red, uh, wear a turban or, to on her head to tie to like hide the scar. You blame her? No, <laughs> missing a fucking ear. No. That's something you notice pretty quick. <laughs> now the other part of this whole uh, um myth is that Cleo, to get kind of revenge, would then go to bake a cake for one of the children's birthdays, and sh- she would put oleander inside the Ooh, cake. Oh, that's not good. No, that's poisonous. Um. She wanted to make sh- uh, sure that the children and mom would get ill so that they would actually need her. And when she helped them recover, they would be so grateful for yeah, her. Yeah, exactly. Now, there's another version of this that says that she actually baked a cake with Oleander for revenge. Uh, either way, I mean, it's fucking going to get somebody sick. Um, and in the same scenario Clark was the only one that didn't eat the cake um because Clark ain't no dummy and but in this version Sarah and the and two of the children had actually die from the poison oh fuck okay and the other slaves would actually not help her um escape because they were afraid of the wrath her actions may place on them yeah so they would they would hang her from a tree on the property. Mm. Um, when Sarah and the children died, all the mirrors... Um, so Okay, so um, let me start again. So, yeah, so they'd hang her from a tree. Now, um, so I guess, like, when, when Sarah and the children died, they supposedly um, covered all the mirrors in, in the house so that... Uh, that the bot their souls would not get trapped. Yet they forgot to include supposedly forgot to include one of the mirrors. Um and supposedly Sarah and two of her daughters' souls are trapped in one of the Oh, that's fucked up. Or images are trapped into Yeah, it. yeah, mirrors freak me out as it is. So. Yeah. Um now according to tour guides at the plantation, when Winter was shot on the porch he supposedly crawled back into the house and um, died on the 17th step. Some have seen streaks in pictures on the stairs where he actually supposedly died. Right. Um, they believe it's Winter's blood, uh, blood that is can be found on the stairs. And no matter what, even if it's cleaned... Um, and the or the carpet's been replaced. It's still there. Well, there that is uh, that does make sense because there's a lot of uh, 
a lot of stories where people have bought a house that somebody's been murdered in and they'll redo the floor. They'll like sand it down and stain it. And the, the stains keep showing back up because blood's kind of a bitch to get rid of. Yep. You would essentially have to replace the entire wood. Yeah. But there's also stories where people have done that. They replace the entire floor and the fucking stains still show up on the new stuff, which is wild. So the problem with this scenario is that winter actually never crawled back inside of the house he actually died on the porch. Ah, okay. Um, now, uh, so, like I had mentioned earlier that the about the mirrors and having them covered up, and Sarah and some and two of her daughters supposedly they're like souls or whatever images got trapped in them. Well, um, the tour guides say that. They have actually seen faces, children's fingerprints, and claw marks in, like, one of the mirrors. Like, in the glass itself? Yeah. Okay. And they explain that the face is actually Sarah, and the children are actually her children. Okay. Uh, The claw marks are said to be from Sarah trying to get out of the mirror. These images are seen in any mirror placed in the exact same spot as the original mirror. Um, the home is on the third uh, its third mirror. In eighteen in nineteen seventy five, the owner of the plantation reported the uh, they were almost killed when the mirror f- uh, flew twenty feet off the ball, hitting hitting them right in the head. Oh fuck! Yeah. Um. So, like I had said, with uh, Cleo wearing that. Uh, supposedly, you know, having your ear chopped off, right? Wearing a turban. Well, there's uh, another thing that goes with that. People have actually claimed to his- see a ghost wearing a turban, and most agree it's actually Cleo. Okay. Yeah, there is actually no record that uh, a Cleo ever existed. There are detailed records from the time with the list of slaves. And there is no Cleo, not even a name similar similar to that. In 1992, Myrtle's plantation took a photograph uh, for insurance purposes. The insurance company wanted to a picture that showed the distance between the two buildings. Um, they were rejected for the uh, they were rejected for the insurance because they were asked to send a photo with no people at all in the photo. Okay. It was just they wanted it just to be the house. Um, they had taken the, the the owners. They had taken the picture of uh, just the buildings and believed the image in the picture that came out was actually Cleo. They sent the negatives to the National Geographic Explorer film team, film crew, right. team, um, and they determined that the photograph definitely contained what appeared to be an apparition of what they believe to be a slave girl. Uh, the slave girl appeared in the breezeway between the general store and the butler's pantry of the mansion. Uh, the horizontal exterior of the mansion were was actually uh, clearly visible through the body of the apparition. Okay, so you can see through it. Yeah. You can see the railing behind it or yep. in front of wherever. Um, reports of mysterious occurrences have been reported since... At least the 1950s okay. uh, on the plantation, according to the grandchildren of one of the owners, 
There is documentation of the home being haunted and yet another uh, iteration of women in the green in a green turban uh, was actually put in the June 8th, 1977 edition of the Evening Standard. The article states that Triple A learned that I don't know, it's anagram from somebody. That's Triple A, like yeah. the car people. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, learned that in 1825, a French governess was hired by the owner to t- uh, to care for his uh, daughter. The governess had been badly mistreated in her previous job. Both of her ears had been cut off. Also, her only child had been taken from her, and she never knew what became of it. Now, she is said to roam the upstairs of the Myrtles' plantation. She has been seen uh, peering into the, the faces of sleeping guests, presumably still looking for her lost child. So this is actually never verified. Never, okay. You know, don't know. But what is verified is that Clark, uh, Clark Woodford's daughter, wife, Sarah, and his two children did die in the house of yellow fever. And so did his mother-in-law. And Okay, so those, those deaths know. are for sure real. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they could be the ones haunting the place. Right. Uh, owners and guests have reported random footsteps on the stairs, lights turning on and off, hearing cries from children, doorknobs rattling, and an apparition of a lady in a with a green turban walking around. Okay. So that's the first time we've had a ghost recently that wasn't like, oh, just, hey, it's a lady in white, like it fucking always is. But, yeah. You know. Uh, there are reports of the piano playing by itself. Uh, some people... Claim to have seen young girls in old-style clothing in the windows. Others say that they've caught glimpses of Woodruff's children appearing in the mirror near the room where they actually died. Okay. Uh, worse yet, according to another local legend, Myrtle's plantation was actually built on top of an old Indian burial ground, which is a common idea of tales because, you know, why the hell not? Because it's yeah. always an Indian burial yeah, ground. Yeah, of course not course so um i think actually when uh we can actually i'll share this image when we put up uh put up the episode and post it to facebook that we're actually gone live with it i'll post the image of uh of cleo between the two buildings that i got and everybody can make up their own mind you know if it's a shadow or what it is but yeah so that is myrtle's plantation interesting kind of a haunted uh quite haunted location you know down in louisiana so what do you got yeah something well i've got a break we should be taking well okay okay Let's take a break so we'll do the break and then i've got a i've got a couple but they're both pretty short so i wanted to because uh yeah we'll, we'll get to it so we'll be right back we are back. Back again. So, this little trip, uh, yeah, a little trip. This story <laughs> takes place uh, starting back in like 1845 um, with the birth of a woman named Julia Brown in New Orleans. So, Julia was a voodoo priestess who lived and worked in New Orleans in the 1860s um, before 
there's a couple of different theories as to why she left. Um, that was either she had screwed somebody over in a deal or someone had pissed her off and she made it, she, you know, pulled some voodoo shit and fucked him up. Um, I, I think this is the first time we've actually talked about voodoo on the show. I think. I don't think we've mentioned it yet before. Hmm. I don't know. I think so. I don't know if, uh... I don't know if we have, to be honest with you. I don't I really, really know. don't think we have. I don't think... Uh, well... Maybe. Well, I mean, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't know. But she, she did end up moving from New Orleans out to uh, a little town called Frenier, uh, which is in the middle of the Manchac Swamp. Very small town. Not a lot going on. Um, so the village, the village had no doctors, um, or anything like that. So you, they could either take the time to travel this massive distance into New Orleans, obviously longer distance at that time than it is now because we've got cars and shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, you could go either go into New Orleans and see a doctor, or you could go three doors down and talk to Aunt Julia, um, who had kind of been accepted as their local healer in the area. So Julia was, she was the healer and the midwife. Um, she gathered stuff in the swamps and the forest to make, uh, you know, potions, medication, stuff like that. So all around just, you know, general, the go-to person, if you needed something fixed. Yeah. Um, obviously you can't magic a broken bone, but she could probably work her way around it. Um, so she would travel the village performing rituals to help with childbirth, uh, doing stuff to help fight off infections and cure illnesses. And the people that she touched with this always recovered fully and quickly. And the, the lo so at that point in time, the locals are kind of thinking, I don't know if this is, well, I mean, it's clearly it's magic, right? But are we supposed to like, think it's the devil? Cause that's what magic is. Magic's of the devil. But she's helping. I mean, it's all in how you make of it. It's it's one yeah. of those gray areas where you're like, yeah, it's it's not good, but we're going to let it slide because she's helping us, you know? Exactly. So as with just about everything that's readily available, people start taking Julia for granted. Um, mm. And it wasn't that they didn't respect her because they, she, she had come into town and she had become part of the town, like part of the family. So everybody loved her, like, you know, like a neighbor. It was more that she was always there for them with every little thing that they needed. So they demanded, uh, they started demanding or expecting her to help without even asking. Kind of like you would family. Like, hey, get over here and help me. We got, I got some shit I got to do. You know. And yep. uh, she didn't really like that. And they just kind of started to assume that She's always going to be there to take care of everybody and fix the boo-boos and all that shit. And after so long, she just starts to feel like she's not being respected anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? I'm only, she started, I think she started to get that feeling of I'm only useful. At, I'm only welcome as long as I'm useful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I might be wearing out not not so much. I'm wearing out my welcome. It's just, I'm, these, being used, yeah, and these people are wearing on my fucking nerves. Yeah, you only want you only want to deal with me when when it's convenient for you. Yeah, 
You're a, you're a, you're an inconvenience most of the time. So she also, at this point in time, she starts scaring people because she's making some predictions about bad things that are about to happen to the, the to specific people in town, and then also the town at large. Yep. Um, so obviously terrified the townspeople because she's been right about everything else, fixing all this other stuff. Why wouldn't she be, you know, be right about this? So September 28th, 1915, um, Julia makes her final and most terrifying prediction so far. Um, someone actually said that they had been walking down the street, street, it's a fucking dirt ass road in this tiny little swamp island. And uh, Julia had a tendency to sit down on her front porch in her chair, playing her guitar and just singing. And this woman heard her singing and just kind of didn't think anything of it until she realized what she was saying. And her little song went like this. One day I'm going to die and I'm going to take all of you with me. And that's all the song was. She just kept saying it over and over and over again. Um, so... A few days later, she did exactly that and died. <laughs> um, so knowing that every prediction that Julia has made so far has come true, the townspeople are scrambling. They're desperate at this point. So they gathered at her funeral, hoping that if they showed some attention and respect now, yeah. maybe it'll like put her spirit at ease and she'll chill for a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, oh, of course. So as they're finishing up hammering up, you know, hammering nails into her coffin, an unusual and sudden devastating hurricane comes ripping through the village. So the following little clip is taken from the uh, New Orleans Times-Picayune of October 2nd, 1915. Um, there is some language in here that is theirs, not mine. So throw that out there. <laughs> Quote, many pranks were played by wind and tide. Negroes had gathered for miles around to attend the funeral of Aunt Julia Brown, an old negress who was always known in this uh, in that section and was a big property owner. Um, the funeral was scheduled, and Aunt Julia had been placed in her casket, and the casket in turn had been placed in the customary wooden box and sealed at 4 o'clock. However, the storm had become so violent that the Negroes left the house in a stampede, I think it's fucking terrible, <laughs> abandoning the corpse. The co they make it sound like they just all left looking like the fucking maid from Tom and Jerry. <laughs> oh my, oh my, no, oh no, 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 I gotta get out of here. The big white gloves and the big lips and shit, yeah. Uh, but hey, don't worry, everybody, everybody's racist today though, so. You know. It's worse now than it was then. When they could just use the word Negroes in the newspaper. <laughs> hey. So, um... So the corpse was eventually found Thursday, and so was the wooden box, but the casket had never been found, which is weird, because the casket's in a wooden box, and she's in the casket. So they found her and the box, but not the fucking casket that was in the box that she was in. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So, okay, so let's... Simplify this. Julia goes in casket. Casket goes a wooden burying box. Storm hits. They find Julia and they find box. They don't find casket. Middleman's gone. Okay. 
Yeah, figure so, that out. So she got dumped out of the box, the burying box. In the cat, because she was in the casket. The casket and her go go out. Yep. And then she. It doesn't make any sense. You can try it all you want. So somehow her corpse went from the casket into the box, and the casket disappeared. Kind of a weird one. Or maybe wait a minute. Or maybe the casket turned over, and her body fell out of said box said casket and she just ended up in the box either way but the casket's gone okay well that... and they nailed the casket shut which was customary for any kind of funeral back then well yeah because of bloating right so how'd she fall out of it well, it was a storm the thing was nailed shut and then in a sealed box okay yeah but in a storm anything's possible what if the box breaks What's the storm got fucking pry bars and shit? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> storm comes through with a fucking S-wing and a pry bar. Yeah. Cracking it open. Get out, bitch. <laughs> um, I want this casket. This vest is mine. So many lives were lost, uh, obviously, during this huge storm. And actually, so, I mean, obviously, being completely unprotected from this storm, a lot of people lost their lives. There's an estimated about 300 people were killed. In this hurricane. Because it's a huge-ass hurricane. It was like a Cat 4 Yeah. Uh, before we had that system. But yeah, it was a, it was a big one. Um, so one of the lucky survivors recounted his experience from New Orleans because he left the Manchac Swamp during the storm. And I, I'm going to try real hard, but this is like, this is deep South English, and it's not going to, it doesn't translate easy to okay. our, you know, northern... Northern tongues. Northern tongue, yeah. Quote, the water was washing in in the front. The water was washing in the front door. We thought we were gone. All the camps down there gone. On the big lake, they had big timber, big cypress timber. It was just like break, uh, just like break bore uh, went along there. Don't know what the fuck break bore is. Sorry. Uh, I'll bet that storm blowed over every bit a hundred or twenty. I'll bet that storm blowed every bit of 120 to 130 mile an hour. Mile. No S. Mile an hour. Yeah. Okay. I understand. (laughs) You could hear it across the Southern Pass when it was hitting like a freight train. Okay. Yeah. I understood all of that, except for what the fuck break for is. I understood it, but I had a really hard time saying it. So, um, so despite efforts by developers to rebuild, to rebuild the area, uh, the only thing that remains on the island where Julia Brown once called home is a mass grave where the dead are buried. So, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. It's kind of scary. As a result, the island is believed to be highly paranormally active, obviously. Yeah. Um, because you can't have that many people die that unexpected. One of the other things I, I read it through. I believe it was an article on Reddit where this couple was was driving through <clears throat> that area on a road trip. And they came across this little old black lady walking down the side of the road. And they pulled over. The boyfriend, husband, whatever, got up to check on her to make... Because it was in the middle of the night. Just, you know, hey, are you okay? And she just kind of... She wouldn't really talk to him. She just kind of staring off into space and being weird. So he... 
had the wife slash girlfriend, whatever she was, call the police and say, hey, we've got somebody wandering around down here. We don't know if maybe she wandered away from home or something. She's out of her mind. <laughs> so we need somebody to come help us. So as they're waiting, she starts walking down towards the water. So he follows her to make sure she doesn't fall in and fucking drown. He watches her go down over the hill. And uh, he comes, he crests the hill and goes down towards it. And there's nobody there. But he looks in the water and there's just corpses floating through the river. So obviously he freaks the fuck out. When the police get there, he starts yelling for him. He turns to, you know, wave him down the hill, turns back and everything's gone. That's fucked. It's fucked up, but it's like it's one of those things where it's like I don't know if it's true, but I kind of hope it is because that's a fucking wild story. Um, so the other real quick one I wanted to talk about because I can't leave well enough alone. Uh, I did find an article because it's kind of the only information I I could find. It's the the. It's what I wanted to talk do the first place, but there really wasn't enough information to do with the whole thing on it whole thing on it um that's the carter brothers of new orleans so i found an article through uh, yesterdaysamerica.com um i'm just going to read it right from their website here uh the year was 1932 a young girl stormed down royal street visibly panicked her stride broken only by the dil- by the diligent interception of a police officer her story sounded a bit far-fetched Tied up by two brothers, along with several other victims, and held captives, and held captive, so the brothers could drink their blood. I, I found a vampire story, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, this is happening because you know me." Um, the girl claims she was only able to escape due to her captors' carelessness in securing her ropes. Somewhat skeptical, obviously, the police agreed to follow her back to the home on the corner of Royal Street of, <clears throat> on the corner of Royal and Saint. Jesus H on the corner of Royal and St. Anne. Once the police and the girl arrived at the home, which was owned by the Carter brothers, they were horrified to find as the girl described four other victims, half dead tied to chairs in one of the bedrooms. All the victims had their wrists wrapped with bandages. Most stained with blood. Two more bodies wrapped in blankets were tucked away in another room. The The unmistakable suffocating odor of death permeated the apartment. It seemed, the, uh, it seemed the brothers left early each morning just before daybreak and returned every evening just after dark. So, they're daywalkers, apparently. So, I don't understand how that one works exactly. Uh, either that or they're just fucking psychos. Most likely that. Okay. Immediately upon their return, they would take the bandages off of each of the captive's wrists, use a knife, and reopen the wounds until fresh blood flowed freely from the victim's cuts. They caught the blood in cups uh, from which they drank until their hunger was sated. The brothers would then redress the wounds with fresh bandages. At least they're, you know, considerate. Uh, yes. They spoke very little and gave no concern for the victim's well-being. Uh, rather, the kidnapped were no more than a food source held for certain de- uh, headed for certain death. Unaware that the girl had escaped, and I can't make these fucking names up, John and Wayne Carter went about their routine as normal. Something about John Wayne. You know, you're either going to be a cowboy or a fucking serial killer. (laughs) No two ways about it. Um, Only this time, the police waited for the brothers to return. 
They were quickly apprehended and upon their capture confessed almost immediately, begging to be killed. <laughs> the brothers explained to authorities that they were in fact vampires and would, if released, have no option but to continue to kill as they needed to drink blood and it was out of their control. Um, it said that the brothers were tried as serial killers and convicted uh, and obviously uh, executed eventually. Um, yeah, so that was that's pretty much it. And then it just kind of goes into like the, you know, the fucking roaring 20s and what Louisiana was like and their um, history of you know, like vampire stories and stuff like that. Because the French Quarter is fucking wild. It's like the most haunted portion of the United States per capita. Yeah. There's so much crazy shit that goes on there. And like, if I was going to go to Louisiana, more specifically New Orleans, that's where I'd want to go. The French Quarter, Just yeah. be like every other dickhead down there with a little recorder been like, Can you say something? Just hold it up in a window. <laughs> Some woman comes, What the fuck do you want? Oh, I thought it was haunted. No. It's my house. Sorry. That'd be the one where I'd want to walk it like really early in the morning. Dude, I want to go back to Salem and just cruise around the streets at night. Because I know it's like a tourist trap and shit. There's got to be some weird shit going on there at like 2, 3 in the morning. Has to be. Has to be, yeah. Like you just wander down the street and there's fucking guys like with candles and shit, right? Like drawing a pentagram on the street. I want to see that. Like I would like to go by, uh, was it the witch's house? You know, some of that, like, during the early time. Yeah. You know? Of course, we also don't want to go around fucking Halloween again because it's a madhouse. True. So there is just, there was like 100,000 people down there where we went. But, so that's what we've got for, uh, for Louisiana. Yes. Down on the bayou. Yes. Bayou we country. only made one Waterboy reference. We did. Which is fine. It's crazy. So, yeah. So, uh. That said, if you're in the mood for a new pair of headphones, earbuds, or a Bluetooth speaker, look no further than Dark uh, no, dark Windows. No. Well. Look. Yes. you. <laughs> that's true. You could look no further than a Dark Windows podcast. Or shit. God damn, dude. Four years. Darkwindowspod.com. It's not been four years since we've had We've had that. the website for a fucking year at least. Okay, it's not been four. So there, take that. <sighs> Jesus, eight. Anyway. Still. You could go over to studio.com on darkwindowspodcast.com because you can, there's a link there to it. Yes, there is. But if you go over to over there, find what you want, put it in your basket, put the promo code of darkwindows15 in at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. And like I said... If you forget about where to go. Darkwindowspod.com. Uh, we have links to our Age of Radio where we upload uh, the network that we're part of that we uh, have. They've been super helpful with the growth of the show. Um, if you click on the link to there, you can listen to every episode of this we've ever put up. You can also find your next favorite podcast on Age of Radio. Uh, there's something for everybody, no matter your taste and whatever. There is something for everybody on there. Uh, you can also find links to our social media. We're Dark Windows Podcast on Facebook, Dark Windows Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm on the page constantly. Uh, my name's Kevin Carlton. You can also find me on Instagram at Kevin Sucks at Stuff. And uh, Kevin, where do you find you? You can find me on Instagram, maybe. 
Possibly. Your handle's Speedy802. You don't have to look it up. I get it. It is. Yeah. It is. But you can also find me on Facebook as well. I'm the other Kevin that's on there, which is Kevin Hire. I mean, if you haven't figured that out by yet. Yep. But, you know. Um. Yeah. And you can drop us an email at uh, darkwindowspod at gmail.com. You sure can. You know, if you want to harass us and, you know, or, or you want to or say. Or if you just want to talk. I mean, nobody really does shit with the email. Just get a hold of us on Facebook. It's easier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless it's a lengthy thing or you want to share, you know, something. Right. But, yeah. You can do that. Or, um, you know, like Kevin said, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All that good stuff. Not, not so much Twitter. Not so much Twitter. <laughs> Instagram and Facebook. We have we have Twitter because it's like ancillary. You, it's almost required for a podcast. Oh, you have to have Twitter. Don't fucking use it, but whatever. Yeah. Um. So next week, actually tomorrow as we record, we're going to be going on a little bit of a road trip to do some looking around for next week's episode. We are going to do something that we've been, we probably should have covered by now already we're not gonna tell you it's a secret no we're gonna tell you no no we're yeah. not no we're... just in case because i don't want i don't want to jinx it what are you talking about just in case listen we've done this you know for the past you know a couple of times where we've we've said we're gonna do something that also well, we're, we, we're putting the footwork in on a, on a road trip for this so we're gonna do it all right fine we are going to be talking about the bennington triangle in vermont which is uh one of our big things here actually we uh, don't have a lot going on here but we got that um, a lot of weird paranormal shit, um, some disappearances. So it's going to be a hoot. A hoot and um, So if next week you only hear one of our voices, you know exactly what happened. Yeah, Kevin got lost. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, I'm not going to tell you which Kevin either. Yeah. See, I left it open. Either way, you're you're fine. Only one Kevin's going to come back. So Exactly. Um, so with that being said, uh, until next week, I guess... Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you.